This podcast is produced by TOD Productions, the production arm of TylerOnDemand.com. Visit our website for music, podcasts, radio, and more. Hello again, and welcome back to Truck Tales. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner. I'm the founder of Food Truck Festivals of America um, and our new program, Neighborhood Streets, um, which we'll tell you about a little bit later. Um, we, over the last few months, actually started the, the uh, podcast before the pandemic hit, and we were just interested in backstories of, of some of our food trucks and, and uh, craft breweries around the country. And um, once the pandemic hit, we were interested in how our trucks were doing, uh, whether they were surviving, how they're surviving, um, and what kinds of things they, uh, they are doing to survive. Um, we're pleased now to, um, to have with us one of our favorite trucks out of Newport, Red's Food Truck, owned by Max Reeves. Welcome, Max. Hello. How are you doing, Emery? Good. Great. More importantly, how are you doing? I mean, as best as we can, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the, the upcoming summer and things are starting to pop a lot more, more and more. So Good. Great. Well, we're lucky that we uh, that you live close enough and you you vend close enough that we're able to lure you up to uh, to the Boston area as well for uh, some of our neighborhood streets programs. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you though is that throughout the last couple of months we've heard about beef prices and beef shortages and meat plants shutting down. Ha- and your product uh, is cheesesteak. So um, clearly you rely pretty, pretty heavily on, on meat. How has that impacted your business, your, your prices, um, your ability to, uh, to stay in business? So, I mean, we've actually um, seen probably like a, about a third of an increase in pricing. So like if it was $6, it was now $9 a pound. Um, and we have not raised prices. We've kind of kept where we're at. Um, I do see just looking at in the futures prices look like they're going to start coming down. Um, so I'm hoping it's just a blip and we're able to push through this. And and you and we talked a little bit before we started recording that um, the plants that were impacted and that were seeing COVID, you you made a decision to bring some of your business back here. How did how did that work? Yeah, that's correct. When we saw Sheffield and some of the national chains shut down. Um, we kind of suspected prices were going to go up significantly. So we tried to move into the New England market, specifically, you know, some of the local farmers um, and, you know, buying, you know, whole whole cows, essentially. But um, just sort of changing up, you know, how we serve some of our meats. Has that has that helped your um well, I guess your business model, has that made a difference? Yeah, I think it's helped us from really experiencing too much of, you know, uh, uh, I, I guess a hurt, you would say, from, you know, the national chains the shutting pain down. That's what we call it, the pain. Yeah, yeah, the pain, right, exactly. You just, I mean, the idea was to stop the bleeding a little bit. And, um, you know, it's definitely helped us to do that. Give um, our, our listeners a way to follow you or to get in touch with you yeah redsri.com or um our instagram page also at redsri uh, at reds rhode island reds rhode island and he said it very fast but it's redsri.com that's correct yep and if you're in the newport area or uh if you follow us on foodtruckfestivalsofamerica.com 
uh, or foodtruckfestivalsofamerica.com slash streets, you'll find out where, uh, where Max is and where Red's is. And um, I want to urge you, if they're in your neighborhood, you want to grab a cheesesteak because they're phenomenal. Thanks, Max. It was really good to talk to you. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Anne-Marie. We really appreciate it. See you soon. We'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. So we're back. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner from Food Truck Festivals of America. And on this Truck Tales podcast, uh, we have gotten a little more information about how uh, one truck is doing and how the industry is doing uh, as far as uh, meat and meat prices. But the other thing we want to do is we want to have a little fun. And uh, July, hopefully, is vacation time uh, and also a time for a little fun. We thought, why not talk to some dear old friends, uh, some people we've known for many, many years, uh, about how to do a barbecue and how to do a clam bake. So we're going to start with a clam bake. And we've gone to what we consider to be one of the best seafood clam bake, lobster roll restaurants, uh, caterers in the country, not just in New England, for sure in New England, but also in the country, Woodman's. And we're speaking to Maureen Woodman, who is Director of Sales and Catering for Woodman's out of Essex, which is north of Boston, but many people make the trip because it's really worth it. Hi, Maureen. Hi, Anne-Marie, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So how, what's the trick to a really good clam bake if you're doing it at home? Many people will wanna stay home or uh, at their vacation homes and uh, I wouldn't know where to start. So I think um, for us anyway, we always say it's the quality of the seafood, anything that comes really local, sustainable. Uh, you know, clam bakes started with the Indians. So when you go back to the history of clam bakes, you know, it was really kind of for the poor people. Um, it was a seasonal product. They would gather the food. They would cook it all day long. Uh, when you read back about rocks and beach and fire and, you know, they used to layer it and uh, put it right so it will be like rocks, then lobsters, then rocks, then steamers, then rocks, then corn. Um, and then all day they would let that smoke really probably was like originally smoked instead of steamed when you, when you look back at how it was cooked. So they would do it, they would dig a hole in the sand and the beach and that's how they would do it. Correct. What's the modern version of that? So actually, uh, my grandfather who was chubby Woodman, also the inventor of the fry clam, he worked for many years doing the original clam bake that way on all the beaches of all the shoreline here up on the North Shore, especially in Beverly on West Beach uh, and Wingersheek Beach, which is in Gloucester. And so for and the for the folks, the, hold on one sec, so the folks, who, there are many listeners who are not in New England, uh, your yeah. local, lo- she's talking about the North Shore of Boston, of New England. Uh, North Shore of Massachusetts. So all the coastlines. So remember, where we live is Cape Ann as opposed to Cape Cod. So more people would be familiar with Cape Cod, but we're up on Cape Ann, which is the opposite, but still on the shoreline climbing up to Maine. So when he did this, uh, again, he was really generally a true entrepreneur in all the sense. He 
figured out if he could bring that clam bake to your backyard. This is all documented too. It's in the history of Woodman's. He made these portable boilers. He had a friend that was a welder um, and he made these giant pots. So they weren't like a pot that you would think at your house that you would cook the clam bake, you know, the navy blue one with the white speckle that everybody has in their attic somewhere or their garage. And then he took what was um, like a pallet and he turned that into an iron rack and he made a wood fire. So he basically made his own pit out of iron. So that's how he designed this clam bake to go to your backyard. He would put down a wood fire. He would put the rack on top of the fire. He would put that big boiler on top of the fire. And as long as he had water, he would steam everything. That's the other thing that was a little different. So the original one was kind of smoked. Then it went to steamed. And I think a lot of people that cook at home have a boil. So that's the difference. So one of the secrets at Woodman's that we say is don't boil, steam. Anything that's steamed with seafood is much more moist, wet, and not tough. And so somebody that cooks steamers or lobsters. How do you do that? So just a little bit of water. Correct. Two inches of water. Two inches of water is a steam and a full cover would be a boil where you would submerge your product. So so you take your seafood and it's no longer for poor people uh, because seafood, of course, prices are crazy, um, especially lobster this year. Um, but uh, so you put a little bit of water in a large pot and they and it shouldn't the seafood should not rest in the water. Correct. And and the secret is uh, for a lobster, we always say about 12 minutes uh, once, you know, cover it put it in there for 12 minutes. And with the lobster, you, I think anybody can tell, first of all, you'll get a really pretty color. You'll, you'll introduce something that looks close to uh, orangey red is the way I would describe it. And the lobster will also relax when he's really cooked. So when the lobster goes in, he's tight, but when he's cooked, he's relaxed. And with your steamers, uh, what we, you would cover them. Hold on. Can you put the steamers, the corn, other things in with the same pot, or do you need a separate pot? The way we would do it, um, we would do steamers and corn together. So sometimes we would do, because it's really good to have the steamers cooked in sugar water. And if the corn has a natural sugar flavor to it, we would actually boil the corn or steam the corn take the corn out and reuse that water to cook the lobsters and the steamers. That's really another secret. If you can't have corn, we would tell you to pour a cup of sugar in your water and steam it with the sugar in there. A lot of people would do beer as well, but I think beer gives a more bitter taste for me. Um, When you have a really good clam bake, and of course, again, you have to have good product, the secret is sugar in that water. The other thing is a lot of people will use salt, but the true Woodman's do not salt. Uh, we always use sugar over salt. Well, I'm, go- I'm going with true Woodman's and Maureen Woodman from Woodman's in Essex, Massachusetts. Um, tell people how, how they can find more information on your website. So go to woodmans.com and go on the history page, the catering page, or you can go into all of our eBooks or podcasts, or you can actually send away for a copy of our book, 
which tells exactly how to cook a perfect clam bake at your house. Yum. Of course, now I'm starving. So I I really appreciate your help. Thank you so much. I'll report back to you. Uh, Thanks, Maureen Woodman from Woodman's in Essex, Massachusetts. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner. This is Truck Tales, and we'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. And we go from how to do the perfect clam bake to how to do a successful barbecue. I mean, that obviously... A lot of us will be doing that throughout the month of uh, July and also over the July 4th weekend. So we're lucky enough to have um, a representative of of one of the best food trucks in New England, not on the road right now, but will be, uh, called the Greatest Barbecue of New England. Dot com if you need more information about them. And we're lucky to have Ariana Varas with us who can fill us in, maybe give us a few tips on how to improve our barbecue skills. Hi, Ariana. Hi, how are you? I'm great. All right, take it away. Thank you for having us. What we suggest in terms of doing a successful barbecue at home is whether you have a grill with propane or you have a grill with charcoal, it doesn't matter. They're just two very different types of cooking. So if you have a propane grill, that's going to be a little bit more controllable fire for you. And for people who don't know how to specifically barbecue by the slow, the low and slow way. Um, we suggest preheating your grill with the propane for about 30 minutes with the lid closed, and that helps get a little bit of smokiness into the meat that you're about to put on. So if you have the propane grill, we suggest keeping one of the um, sides off, and then the other side is where you're going to cook, and then you're going to put it on the cooler side so that it cooks slow and it's like a longer cooking time. If you have the charcoal, that's where it's a little bit un, like not as controllable, um, but you can learn how to use charcoal. Uh, and, and then you have, you know, you always have your meat on the cooler side. And then if you want towards the end, transfer it and it burns um, to get the, that nice char on that skin. Quick question. Yes. Um, I've never done this. Um, I've only done just a plain uh, grill. Uh, but how do you get the smokiness, the wood fired? There's a lot of talk about wood. Yes, yeah, so you could do- use different kinds of wood. Obviously, there's different flavors of wood um, that add that nice smokiness, the flavor to the meat. Do you put that right on top of the charcoal? So on the so one of the ways that you can actually do it is and put it in a foil pan. Oh. Put wood chips in a foil pan underneath the grill grate over the charcoal um, and then you put the grill grate on and with a little bit of water and that's going to create this smoke flavor for you. Mm, Yummy. I'm hungry already. So a little bit more information about the meat and how you deal with the meat and how you treat the meat and how you very quickly, if you don't mind, how how you, you know, do you buy bottled sauce? Do you make your own sauce? There's two different ways of, you know, doing the meat. You can either have a dry rub which is a basically seasonings that you put together and you rub all over the meat and that's before you cook and then you go ahead and cook it like that or you have your sauce and sauce always means that it's wet. 
So you don't apply the sauce till about towards the end of the cooking. Ah. So then it allows that nice caramelized crust. Ah, I've always done it too soon. Now that's a good tip. Because if not, yeah, if you do it too soon, then it starts burning and you lose that flavor of the actual sauce. And then it's just too, it's, it ends up being just like a burnt, you know, it expl- That explains a lot about my previous barbecues for sure. Okay. And then you'll know when it's done, you're looking at it, you can sort of tell. Yep. The thing is, is, um, you know, whatever piece of meat you're using, whether it's a pork shoulder, ribs, beef, chicken, um, as long as you know the temperatures of when the cook, the meats need to be cooked till, you know, you keep your temperature there and then the internal temperature, you'll be fine. So you need a meat thermometer. Yes. Okay. Another mistake I've made over the years. Um, we appreciate your help. Ariana Varis from the greatest barbecue of New England food truck. So let's just talk for a second. Your food truck is not on the road right now, but you hope to be on the road by August or September? Yes, right now we're not on the road. Uh, We will be hopefully up and running by August, probably most likely mid-August. We do have our website, greatestbarbecueofnewengland.com. On there, you will find our email and a phone number. If you just have questions in terms of how much everything is or the catering process or uh, we'd more than happy to assist that now, uh, but the food truck won't be running up until probably mid-August. Okay, so we're on our own for barbecues in July, and we'll look forward to you and to letting our listeners know uh, where you'll be come the middle of August and September, and thank you so much for taking the time to give us some tips. Of course, right thank you for having us. Happy 4th to everyone. And we'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. And we're back. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner, Food Truck Festivals of America. This is Truck Tales, a little bit different this time in that we want to have a little fun. Uh, We want to enjoy ourselves a little as well. Uh, And July, if July is nothing else, uh, it's a month for vacations. uh, It's a month for outdoors. And it's a month for cooking and enjoying our families, etc. And one of the most enduring traditions, especially in New England, but I believe around the world, is the Boston Pops and the fireworks display and the amazing things they do on the Esplanade with anywhere from a quarter to a half million people. Um, with so many people around the world enjoying it as well. And uh, we're lucky today um, to speak with Boston Pops Director of Artistic Planning and also the executive producer of the Boston Pops July 4th uh, uh, activities, Dennis Alves. Welcome, Dennis, and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you. So things are a little different this year, I would say. You bet. Wow. Um, no one expected this. Um, Especially for the 4th of July, it's, it's certainly something uh, that we look forward to uh, for 364 days a year. I mean, you know, on July 5th, we start thinking about the next, the, you know, the following year, what are we going to do? And uh, boy, we all get slammed in March with uh, COVID-19. So we've been spending a lot of time uh, finding ways to connect with our fans, 
in our, uh, our audience uh, because obviously we can't have large groups gathering together. We can't have concerts. So we've been doing a lot of stuff online and we have a lot of wonderful um, offerings on our um, bossandpops.org and also uh, bso.org with the symphony. But then there's the 4th of July. Hold on one second. Let's say that a little more slowly. So how, how can people uh, find more information on your schedule? Yes. Um, so we've posted a lot of music online at, at um, bostonpops.org and also the Boston Symphony uh, side of our organization, uh, you know, bso.org. Um, there's a lot of great stuff that the um, players have posted themselves. Um, we've done, there's some virtual performances that, that, that we've done. Uh, and uh, it's actually, it's been a lot of work, but it's been a lot of fun. And, um, but then we had the 4th of July. What to do about the 4th of July when you can't have 500,000 of your closest friends gather, uh, gather in the city of Boston? And um, so we've been very fortunate that um, Bloomberg TV has been a sponsor, our media sponsor for the last three years. Um, Eat and Vance, also a sponsor of our, of, of our uh, activities on the 4th of July. So if you go to Boston Pops, july4th.org that's all one word no spaces boston pops july that's the number four th dot org it'll give you all of the tune in information how to how to see our show on the fourth of july so we sat down with bloomberg and eaton vance and what should we do this year um since we can't be together uh and you know in the flesh and uh, we decided that we're doing a, a a special tribute to um all the heroes that that have uh, been getting us through this COVID-19 situation. The doctors, the nurses, all the hospital workers, people who stayed open while the rest of us are hiding at home, uh, you know, grocery stores and gas stations and liquor stores and, you know, everything. Um, and the whole show will be a tribute to, uh, to our, our heroes. We're using material from the last three um, broadcasts of 4th of July, 2017, 2018, and 2019. And we have some surprises as well. Um, we, uh, as I said earlier, um, we've been doing a lot of stuff online. So we have some virtual performances that we will be sharing with, uh, with the folks at home watching. Um, uh, one of which is, um, has been out there uh, for a while, Some of the Heroes, is um, it's a piece that John Williams wrote in 1996 for the, uh, the Olympic Games. And um, it kind of says it all. Um, some of the heroes, and uh, we recorded this, um, 84 musicians, 84 tracks, everyone in their home, they recorded their individual tracks, video and audio, they sent it to us, and we have a team of, of audio people and video, it took them three weeks to put it together, it was, it was complicated, but um, it, uh, it's, it's been a big hit, it, it, it went viral on, uh, on the internet, and uh, that's going to be part of the show. Very exciting. Uh, De Dennis, let me just uh, say it again. The special is broadcast on July 4th at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time on Bloomberg TV and radio, and it will be simulcast locally in the Boston area uh, on WHDH. So, or you can go to Boston Pops July 4th, that's 4th.org, um, and get all the information because it's, uh, it's a lot of information. I have a question. The artists, the musicians did their individual things remotely, and then you combined it. Amazing. Unbelievable. It, it, was, it was amazing, and, and, and um, it just came out so well, and, and um, it was a great opportunity for us to, you know, to thank all the folks out there who, um, 
who have been, um, you know, providing cover for all of us. For sure. Keeping many of us alive, is, that's for sure. Dennis, thank you so much. Dennis Alves from uh, the artistic director for the Boston Pops and the, and the fireworks. There are not going to be any fireworks, I take it. No fireworks. There'll be fireworks on tape. You can watch them. Uh, we'll have the best of the best from the last three years. Okay. We're so grateful. Um, we're, I, I personally can't wait. Um, I, I look forward to watching. I look forward to seeing it. Um, I thank the Boston Pops. I, I thank um, your amazing uh, conductor, whom we all adore. Um, I thank all of you for sticking with it, uh, for providing a little bit of fun and spirit on July 4th, around the July 4th holiday. Um, and uh, we really look forward to watching and hearing it all. Well, we're, we're, we, we look forward to uh, presenting it, and uh, Keith Lockhart uh, is also one of the hosts of the show. He's, um, he's, he's, he's the best. We're, 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 we're so lucky to have him, and I hope that when all this is done, perhaps we can get together and we'll have a big festival of food with food trucks, and, and the Boston Pops will play music about, about, about food. We have a lot of great stuff. <laughs> that's, a, that's a promise. I promise that. Thank you so much, Dennis Alves from the Boston Pops, and we'll be right back. So it's a little different, this podcast, this time. Uh, we just felt uh, we've talked a lot about bad news over the last few podcasts. Uh, let's lift people's spirits in the spirit of independence uh, and celebration for the upcoming holiday, July 4th. We do hope everybody stays safe and wears their masks and keeps their distance. We wish everybody a safe holiday. I'm Anne-Marie Eigner for Food Truck Festivals of America and Neighborhood Streets. Stay in touch and stay tuned. <laughs>